Welcome back to Pamela Private Eye. This is part two of Sex, Lies, and Title IX. When we left off, we were just getting into the criminal stuff. I'm not going to waste any time. Let's just jump right back into it. Take it, Kathleen. Well, something really unique happened next. The girls' side hired a criminal defense attorney onto their team. You're like, wait, why would you do that? You have the prosecutor representing you. And she had this victim's rights attorney working with her on the protective order and with the stuff that was going on at the U, there were attorneys involved. So why? And her mother was an attorney and her mother used to work in the criminal justice. And, and she had a friend. And I think after what happened at the Title IX hearing, they just didn't think that she was being well represented. So the mom hired a friend to make sure that her voice was being heard, okay. which I was thrilled with because now that's somebody that our lawyer knows. So for the first time, we maybe have somebody who will return a phone call and give us some yeah. commun open communication lawyer to lawyer. And just before the preliminary hearing, we get word that the girl actually doesn't think Louis should be in jail. Interesting. So yeah. our lawyer wants to use this preliminary hearing as another detention hearing and try to use it to also get him out of jail. Okay. When we go into this hearing, they present their case. The judge basically says, yes, it's all going to move forward. Our lawyer does ask about uh, some of the charges. And the judge just says, look, we can assume all of these charges are legit and they're all going forward. And then she asks the detective who was there, uh, did you know the girl left the room and came back? And he says, no, she didn't mention that to me. And I just have to say real quick here, I think that's the biggest problem I have with this case. I get so frustrated that there were so many missed opportunities to fight for Louie. This is when you fight from the minute you start. It's kind of like Marcus Mumford always said, a jury doesn't know what a reasonable doubt is until they feel the defense fighting for every single word, for every single thing. In this case, in my opinion, the defense she did, the attorney basically did nothing. I am so frustrated by that. I know Kathleen, again, is more professional than I am and kinder about all of this. I am extremely frustrated by it. And so that it was not a, a cross-examination. Uh, the judge decides everything will be bound over for trial. And then we ask the judge to hear us again on the issue of bail. And the girl's attorney is there to represent her and says she does not feel threatened by him. He has not reached out to her. She has a protective order and she does not think he should be in jail. And the prosecutor says, I disagree. I want him in jail. And the judge says, I tend to go with what the alleged victim thinks. And if she's not afraid, Louis can go out on an ankle monitor. Wow. Okay. So he got out of jail that day. Wow. He didn't know that was going to happen or that it was going to happen that quickly. Sure. I get a call in Minnesota right after that from the lawyer saying, you better get on a plane and be waiting in the parking lot of the jail because they will literally open the door and let him out. And I said, yeah, Louis just called me and said, it takes about a week to get the ankle monitor set up. And she said, yeah, but they let him out while they're doing that. They took him in his pajamas. Like he doesn't have shoes. He doesn't have keys or a car or a cell phone or money. And she said, I know no, it doesn't matter. They yeah, really yeah. opened the door and let him out. So I'm getting on a plane trying to get there. Meanwhile, he's calling, not getting me, calls home, gets a hold of my husband. Our older son comes up with the clever idea goes on his phone to Uber 
changes his current location to the jail for the older son, orders himself an Uber, which basically sends an Uber to the jail to pick up Louis. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thank heavens for kids that understand technology. Because none of us would have thought of that, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, okay. But where does he go? This was actually kind of funny because John had to call back to the jail and say, tell Louis, you know, we need to get a message to Louis that there's going to be an Uber waiting for him to take him to the airport. But you don't want to say that to the jail because he can't leave the state. <laughs> so, John, if you say he's going to the airport, it sounds like he's leaving. He's not. He had to go to the airport to get dropped off to wait for me because I had the keys to the right. apartment. Right, right. So that's about where we were in the case when I sat Pam down and told her what was going on. After I found out that she was a private eye, I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure that this pretty lady that I met at Pickleball that I decided I wanted her to be my friend. I picked and you got asked to be Facebook friends with. I know. I'm pretty yeah. sure I picked the right person because she's <laughs> going to have some advice for me on what in the world yes. to do. Uh, when Louie got out of jail that day, I moved, physically moved myself from Minnesota to Utah and moved into his apartment with him and said I would be staying, living there until this ended, until he was safe, not be right. near him. He's 18 years old and has yeah. all of this going on. No, he needs his mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not only does he need his mom from a mama bear perspective, but he needs someone logical to be like, okay, I've got this. Like you can this step too back. Shall pass. Because when you're young, I mean, this is huge. This yeah. is huge stuff. I've had clients commit suicide uh -huh. and those are not young people. Like I've said many times, facing criminal charges is as stressful as life gets for someone. Yeah. So when Kathleen explained the situation, the biggest thing that stuck out to me was, oh my gosh, that girl left the room and yeah. then went back. And oh my gosh. got on top to have sex. And I can't get over yeah. that. <laughs> I know. And then climbed up on the bunk bed. Like there were so many red flags. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we can win this. Let's go after this girl. Here's the first thing we need. We've got to get DNA. Remember, she went to the hospital yeah. and got a rape kit. And Shelly, you asked me, how does the defense, like, what does that mean? How does that work? So this case is unique because Louie agreed. He didn't deny that he had had sex with the girl. The only thing that he denied was whether it was consensual or not, which right. is very similar to my case when I was assaulted. Right. The guy didn't deny that anything that he'd done to me, but he said that I consented. So we've got to see the results of that Request it. The defense hadn't seen them. I don't know how that took that long. When we got the results, they shared them with me because they hired me to do some work. I'm reading through it. Here's what I learned. Wait, let me guess. She did not Wait, have sex with someone else in between. <laughs> Damn it, Shelly. Oh, oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're so frustrating that you guess stuff. I think I don't want to go to movies with you because you'll ruin the movie before I get to the end. Shit damn hell, you got to be kidding me. No, I'm not kidding you. Oh my gosh. So Louis, he acknowledged that they had had sex. Here's what's interesting. There were three people's DNA on one of her breasts. What? What the hell? Wait, wait, wait. This happened on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night. She goes in on Friday to have the rape kit done. So there's a couple days in between. Kelly, we also had a statement from the friend that she had another boy that she had been in a 
more serious relationship with than she was with Louis, who she was in a fight with the night that she was in the dorm. Oh, this was revenge sex and then didn't work that way. Regret does not equal rape. So, okay, so you go back and you find this test and there's no DNA with him on it. Well, and there was DNA, DNA. they just couldn't prove that it was Louis. But that, to me, was irrelevant because he's saying, I was there. So there's male DNA, whether you can prove it, it's mine or not. I'm telling you, I was there. Right, right. So I don't know why everybody thought these DNA tests were a big deal when he had already admitted that he had sex with Yeah, for sure. Right, but for me, the fact that there is someone else's DNA for a defense person, holy crap, like, this is awesome. We've got a reasonable doubt, yeah. We don't know who did what. Now, how do we know? We don't know. Okay. And I'm all excited about it. Yeah, Pam was and? really excited. She like, we got it. We got it. This is great. How come nobody has read this in the case file yet? You know, the prosecutor hasn't read the case yet because he won't read it until it's right. to trial. These things always end up in a plea of some kind. So nobody gets in and reads all the details of all this stuff until they have to read it. There's a saying in the defense world, and they call it, meet them and plead them. I hate it, but I think it's very accurate about how this works in our world. The defense lawyer charges a huge retainer, doesn't investigate the case, doesn't really look into it, because they're not planning to go to trial. They're just going to plead it out. Yeah, And then, you know, Pam finds this. I'm like, okay, well, there's there's some good news, maybe, Louis. Maybe the, yeah, this is information that the DA's office didn't have when they chose to take this case. They also didn't know that the girl had left the room and come back when they chose to take the right. case, right? Right, so there's exactly, right, okay. You know, information, they didn't know that she was, you know, on top of him. I, there's all these things that right. that could be relevant that maybe they would have thought differently about taking the case. And I just want to make sure, okay. and the prosecutor has changed hands. I didn't even go through that. All the lawyers we dealt with, the prosecutor changed three times and then back. Okay. So like, who has read what? Who knows what's going on? Right. His arraignment is, was scheduled the end of May. Then they pushed that off for a month because the prosecutor didn't want to do it until he had a chance to actually meet with the girl. Then okay. it got pushed off again because the prosecutor changed hands. Then it got pushed off again because somebody didn't have time to talk to their boss. And now it's almost been a year. We're still like waiting month after month after month. We're extending our lease. We had moved to a different condo. Meanwhile, back in Minnesota, my mother had passed away. And so I'm flying back. Oh my gosh. For that, I was her primary caregiver here. But that's, that's just other stuff that goes on in people's lives. So it was in conversation going back and forth. We get word, I think in probably October, that there is going to be a plea deal offered and that the prosecutor had met with the girl and the girl wanted Louis to have a felony, but didn't want Louis to have to do jail time. Girl, you don't get to choose. You don't get to choose. And the prosecutor absolutely doesn't agree with that, thinks that the guy should have to do time. So in Utah, you can't have a sexual assault felony without jail time. And what I learned from our lawyers, even if the girl says that, the judge has a responsibility to make sure that when he gives out sentences, they're fair and equitable. And some other young guy might not have a girl who is saying, no, he doesn't have to go to jail. And from the judge's perspective, these things have to be fair and equitable. Like, okay, we get that, right? And they're 
you know, it's an election year when all this is going on and they're held to their standards. When the criminal charges got filed, they had taken the use case, which was 12, right? And when they converted mm -hmm. that to criminal charges in Utah, they converted it to eight felonies. Wow. It was three level one and one level two. And then they did times two to get eight. Right. So at the end of the day, we get word that the prosecutor's probably going to bring it down to two to three level two felonies that would still, you know, require prison time. And that because of the girl's request, he would take prison off the table, but would not take jail off the table. So you'd have up to a year of jail. Will they count the year that he's already been there? Minus the, uh, remember he got out after 42 days, he got out. He's still on an ankle monitor, but it would be minus the 42 days that he's done time. Okay. And then they do two thirds of that. So at this point, when we're hearing that, Louis saying, mom, we're going to trial. And Pam is saying, you guys got to go to trial. Yeah. Yeah. We're not taking and, the plea. And Louis yeah. says, I'm willing to testify at trial. I am absolutely willing to get on the stand and testify that when she was in that room, she was a willing participant, that I was respectful of her. And mm -hmm. that if, if she even admitted, she didn't know until her friend helped her understand two days later. Right that it was assault. Right. So she didn't know right. when she was in the room that it was assault. So how was Louis supposed to know yeah. at that point that yeah. it was assault? Mm -hmm. And so we're thinking, all right, we're going to take this thing to trial. And then we start leaning on Pam a little bit more for who do we use for trial lawyers? Our lawyers, that's right. really going right. to, if we would go with her or not go with her or somebody else. That's and how right. long is it going to take? Because you're still going to spend right. another year or two waiting for that uh, at least yep yeah and you're still going to be on an ankle monitor which is a lot like being in jail yeah except i was dying to investigate this girl because now we know <laughs> there are other people's dna i don't know if it's a guy i can't assume anything but there are other people's dna mm -hmm. on her this woman is very sexually active mm -hmm. that's what we knew <laughs> right and i wanted to investigate like so bad and the defense attorney tied my hands behind my back. She wasn't letting me do anything. Let's just wait until we at least get a plea offer because let's not do anything to upset the girl because right now she's helped by take prison off the table. Let's wait and see what he is before we let the dogs loose. And okay. Pam's chomping at the bit going, let's go, let's go, let's go. One, because it's my nature. And two, because I disagree I don't think the best approach is to back off at that point. I think the best approach is to go after everything and find out where their weak spot is, which would make their plea to offer more favorable to the defense. So we completely disagreed on the approach. So now it's in the fall and, you know, we're still waiting for the actual plea deal to come, but we have some idea of, of what it's going to be and thinking about taking this whole thing to trial and what that's gonna look like for our lives. And uh, my husband Googled the girl for whatever reason, you know, just in his need to look for some information, but ends up stumbling, literally stumbling on the fact that she had a TikTok account that was public. Okay. And so he clicks into this TikTok account and finds that in the last, 10 months since we'd all been going through this, she had 10 or 12 posts 
And when you post something on TikTok, it's not just like a random thing. Like people produce them. Like they spend time mm-hmm. preparing what they're going to The little publish. blurbs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they put graphics over it, produced stuff. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you that prior to John showing me this, my opinion of the girl, as, as frustrated as I was with what had happened, but after watching... Because when we got the the case file from the detective and I was able to watch all the videos of her being interviewed Mm -hmm. and conversations with the detective, I can honestly tell you that my perspective of watching her was she does seem like she would be a good witness. I can see why the prosecution likes her. She is articulate Mm -hmm. and... She is lovely and she was not overly dramatic when she was being interviewed by the detective. I actually really admired that about her. And she was very, very thoughtful and deliberate about when she gave up Louis's name and why and what she needed for herself before she did that. And I just saw a young woman who was really wanting to control the process Uh and I get it. I am that kind of person. And I also really had liked the fact that when the schmuck of a detective gave her information, he lied to her too. Right. Right. And she told him on it. Like I heard her on the phone say, you told me this and then you did that. Right. And she totally called him to the carpet on it. And I found myself going, you go girl. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't think she really respected this guy either. Mm -hmm. And she knew she had to look out for herself through this process. So I really respected that about her and understood why the prosecution would say she's going to make a great witness and we want to take this case because it's hard to find people who come forward for cases like this in their story mm-hmm. who would be believable to a jury. Sure. And then I looked at her TikTok account. And oh, I will no. tell you that in about one minute, my opinion changed dramatically. There were several posts, party scenes, living her best life, dressed up, on campus, still in school. I mean, clearly not showing that she's affected by what has happened to her. Mm -hmm. One of the posts that particularly caught my attention was one where she and her best friend talked about how they basically use and manipulate boys to get information about parties and whatnot. Oh no. There was another one where she referenced something that in 2018, she had been wronged by a boy and therapy wasn't going to be enough to help her through that. So it makes you say, well, wait a minute, what happened to her when she was only 15 years old? What happened to her with a boy? Because something horrible happened based on this post and she's not over it. And sometimes people who are victims, not sometimes, 40% of people who are victims of sexual abuse go on to victimize others. Oh, wow. So I'm looking at this from a very different perspective. There yeah, was a per- like, like you're like, a wait per- a minute. Uh-huh. Where she was pole dancing. This does not look like somebody who is traumatized. At all. This Uh looks to me like somebody who just went on with her life and is still a college freshman Uh living her best life. And Uh I found it really, really upsetting. Yeah. And immediately shared the information with Pam. 
So, okay. So how evidence works is, yeah, even though John found this stuff about her, it's not right for them to bring the evidence forward. So they've got to have an investigator bring it. Because if we okay. have, if we're going to use this at trial, I've got to be able to show like a chain of custody at like that. I th- authentically got this from her account, blah, blah, blah. You okay. got to follow the protocol. So that makes sense. I start immediately saving all these videos. Oh my gosh. Were they shocking to me? Shocking really? or like, this is college life. Not BYU I, shock. Not shocking because <laughs> she accused somebody. That's what it's I mean. Not shocking. I think a lot of college kids do this. I think mm-hmm. she's probably pretty typical. Yeah. But the fact that she was doing it while in the background, she has accused this young man and is ruining that's, this other person's life and opportunity. That's what I wondered. That's like, what I wondered. That like, was the shock. Because the picture that we had of her prior to this is like this innocence. Oh, no, I didn't want that. I wasn't participating. I wasn't sure how to yeah. get out of it. Yeah. 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 Okay. And all of a sudden you see this girl online who is not only not that girl that we've seen portrayed or heard about, but this girl is aggressive. Like when Kathleen says that she apparently had a bad experience when she was 15 and Kathleen, again, much nicer than I am about it because her response was like, this is what she posts. How do I get over this guy? I'd like to put a Timberline boot up his ass and ran over him with, with the truck. Oh, wow. Okay. And I was like, wow, this is violent. Like, this is some real aggression that she has for some guy somewhere. And other than how violent and angry she was about this other guy, well, that was startling enough. But the other part of that that I thought was really interesting was, and she thinks this is a secret account, that even though all this is happening with Louie, But she's not posting how angry she is at Louie. And I personally believe that wasn't a really big deal to her. Again, I'm like, oh, I wish I could take these handcuffs off and actually go investigate and find out who this girl is. What does she go through? Why does she? Right. What do her friends think of her? What do her her boyfriends? Who do? All of that. Like, she should feel some pressure. She should, like, you can't, and you know what? If her allegations are real, what difference does that make? You know? Right. If they're not, then let's straight. Let's get down to the, I agree. Mm -hmm. The other post that really, there were so many that concerned me. One of them was about how hard it is. I think Kathleen mentioned this, how hard it is to pretend like you like a guy so that you can deceive him into inviting you to frat parties. Okay. I know that's not like a huge thing. But it's a huge thing because we're talking about integrity. We're talking about, yes, in this situation, her word, what she says, that is everything. Right. This this is a he said, she said. So anytime she's saying something about, oh, it's so hard to be deceptive, like, and she's advertising it. What the heck? Like, oh my gosh, this is troubling to me. Then there was one where she's going to a black and white party. Kate, I get it. I went to BYU. Like, we did not do... I'm not saying kids no. don't have sex and they don't party. I'm not saying that it happens all the well, time. Well, we could talk about that when it's not being recorded, so... <laughs> Actually, we are talking about that, and it is being recorded. Yes, yes exactly. Yes. But we'll bring in BYU later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at a black and white party, apparently... And, like, this was not my world, so this was all, like, very shocking to me. You go to a party, you, you have a shirt made, you... 
that will advertise the opposite, black and white, the opposite of what you are. So if you have a white shirt, black lettering, like you say, like, I hate walking. If you love walking, it's the opposite. Oh, okay. okay? Black and white. Her shirt, that it, so she posts a picture from the black and white party. Her shirt said, I use condoms. Meaning she doesn't, she has sex unprotected. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's what she wants to advertise online. This is the girl that we're talking about. Like, and I'm not saying that a woman that is, I, I said this even when, during my assault case on my, in my episode, and I meant it when mm-hmm. I t- argued with the prosecutor. If a woman, I don't care if she's a stripper, I don't care what she does, no means no. Right. It doesn't totally no means no. Right. And Kathleen How? was so strong about that. No means yes. no. And no time. means no. Yes, yes. I agree. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about character, uh-huh. this stuff should come into play. So I'm like, oh my gosh, we found a gold mine. I'm saving these videos as fast as I can, saving everything yeah. that she's posted. And then as, when I finish saving them, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to tell Kathleen to make sure she tells Louie's attorney to not tell the prosecutor because we want to let this girl keep going and let her hang herself some more. You just have at it, girl. You have all the fun there is. We want to know who you are. Since my hands are tied in just about every other level, this is the only thing that I can do to see what she's really like. You know that saying that we find out people's true character by how they treat someone when no one's watching? Here we see this girl when she thinks no one is watching. Now we really know who the real character is and what we see from how she was upset with that other guy. When no one's watching, she didn't even mention Louie. So is she really not upset about Louie? Is she more upset about another guy that we don't even know? I wanted to look into it. And so I think I texted you, Kathleen, and said, hey, make sure you tell his attorney to not share this with the prosecutor yet. And Kathleen's like, oh, no, because, of course, everyone's excited. We finally found something about who this woman is, who this girl is. And I say girl because she's young. Mm -hmm. And Kathleen, she's excited, so she let the defense attorney know. And guess what? Let me guess. Told the prosecutor. Yep. And... Now all the videos are gone. No more stuff is coming out. And all I'm thinking is, who the hell side is she on? Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, this is not a good old boy thing. Yeah, Yeah. I was so frustrated. Like, I just wanted to let that girl just continue to hang herself some more. Uh Because she felt pretty free to post all this crap. What else was she gonna post? But that stopped immediately. I wonder how her mother felt. I wonder. Being a, you know, a past criminal attorney, when she finds out that her daughter had these postings going on during you, this case. You know what? When I saw those videos, I had a similar thought, but not even in light of the case. My thought was, oh, how sad for that mom to see. And honestly, I, f- I feel bad for the girl because I really believe she is very, very troubled. A young woman that has self-esteem, in my opinion is not going to just have sex with a guy just for fun. She's okay, going to value herself. No, no, don't no, disagree no, no, no. with me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. You're living in a wrong time, girl. The stuff I, I saw in middle schools true. would blow your mind. That's the culture you think is happening. That's the culture where you would want your kids to have. It's a different world. Yeah. Technology has changed 
the world. And it's, there's so many positive things about technology, but there's so many that's not. Yeah. So this does not shock me that this is the life that she's leading. And then she comes over here and does this, like comes across because she's probably highly intelligent. She's probably darling, all of that thing. And that's probably part of her personality. But in order to belong and in order to be a part of life and in order to be kids are riding the fence and they're falling off on that side of, of Snapchat and everything else. Yeah. Unfortunately, it just looks very attention seeking. Very. Yeah. Very much. But when, has, when is it not? It's because you want, they want their stuff to go viral. Right. Um, of course. So they can be an influencer or whatever, mm-hmm. but it just right. comes across as very the shock and awe. Yeah. Which is hard for our generation to really understand. I, right. I admit. And yeah. as a mom, I would be mortified. And as a grandmother, I would be pissed mortified. But <laughs> it's uh, it's that it's generation. What's yeah. piss mortified? Yeah, exactly. I'd knock someone out. First, I'd start with their parent and then I'd go to the grandkid. No, but you know what I mean? It's just that generation. There's the boundaries where, like you just said, you'd have self-esteem and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. The boundaries are just so gray. They just cross over all the time. Well, yeah. Anyway, at, at this point, uh, we're thinking if this is the best deal we're going to get, we're probably going to go to trial and it's time to start looking for other trial attorneys. Again, investigating, investigating, and trying to find out uh, with Pam's help, who else would we put on this team? What would this team look like? Who do we talk to? Who do we find out? Do we file a civil suit was a whole nother question. Mm-hmm. Is it worth it to file a civil suit for defamation of character? If that court moves faster than this court, we'd have a chance to cross-examine there, get some of the information that we don't have. It wouldn't necessarily be about money. It would be about trying to get the discovery that we need. Mm-hmm. Right, because remember, the defense lawyer didn't ask her any questions at the prelim. And right. you can't say, oh, wait, we changed our minds. Now we want to ask her questions. Doesn't happen. So it's just a missed opportunity. Gotcha. Unfortunately, we find out that the civil route is not any better. They're also backed up. It's going to still be a year and we're going to be even more financially and emotionally drained if we go down that path. So that doesn't ultimately make sense. But we do end up interviewing a variety of trial attorneys including somebody suggested by Pam that she knows, but also through, you know, connections in Minnesota, who do you know, da, 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 and right. talking to other people, including, you know, getting a recommendation from the attorney we were working with, who does she think we should use to go to trial, and locally talk to two different people. And the first person that we talked to gave us some interesting news. Actually, we got some news from our attorney, got news from her friend who's representing the girl. Your that, attorney got news from the friend that the friend of the girl that's, yep. I mean, the attorney that's representing him, like three away. Uh, okay. Yep. So when they were talking about what this plea deal might look like and what the fact that the girl didn't think he should have to go to jail, they ended up in a side conversation about another case that had happened with a young gentleman named Kyle. It had just gone to trial. It was a rape case about a college kid. The boy was offered a plea deal. It was a plea deal to a level two felony. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm not going to take it. I'm taking it to trial. And to everybody's dismay, he was found guilty. And this boy is now in prison and is a lifetime registered sex offender. And it was sort of 
hitting Oh my gosh. So now you're like, what do we do? Right. This, this news was kind of hitting them all with awe. Like they were sort of watching it, you know, even right, though they're busy right. with their own channels, like we got to see what happens with this one. Then we met with an attorney that our attorney had recommended because he had recently done a rape case with the same judge and the same prosecutor and lost. Oh, and lost. And, lost. and he said, I'd be happy to talk to you and Louie about this. The Me Too movement has changed things. Five years ago, you know, you prove reasonable doubt pretty easily. If there's a meet, he said, she said, if it's a little bit iffy, the jury's like going to err on the side of we don't really know. Right. But ever since the Me Too movement, he said things have changed and juries are really unpredictable. And he lost his case and he said every case, of course, is different. Right. right. And his case had, you know, alcohol involved in this and that. And he sure. said, you know, that you wouldn't win your case. I'm just saying that juries Be are cautious. unpredictable was, was, yeah. was really good message, right? Mm -hmm. Then we spoke with another attorney and they were a pair. They reviewed everything. And again, we don't have our formal offer yet. We just knew what it was probably going to be, right? Okay. They looked at things and said, you know, I don't think this is as bad of a deal as you think it is. Oh, the offer? What do you mean? Our kid would have a, a you know a felony, multiple felonies on his record. Right. And again, like number of level two felonies, whether it's one or two or three, is only matters to the prosecutor. Okay, that's his ego and about his record. In terms of sentencing, it doesn't change anything. It's just having one. Right. If you mess up on probation, it can screw with you. But otherwise, it's just a level two felony. And their point was. If the judge looks at the sentencing guidelines, the sentencing guidelines for that, uh, there's a, it's like zero to 210 days. And if prison is off the table, okay, which yeah. it, with, you're at zero to 210 days of jail time. And she said, the judge is probably going to take the midpoint. They so typically do. So it's about 100. Now you're at 100. And he's already 100. served 40. Minus 42. Right. Okay. Now you're like, I'm doing quick math, 63 or something. And remember, they serve two thirds of that unless they're misbehaving. Right. So now you're at like 45 days. Mm -hmm. So there's a reasonable chance that if the girl comes forward and says, I don't think he should have to be in jail. And the guy's got diabetes that can't be managed by the jail. Why the process of getting him in right. for 30 or 45 days, you, you might, might have a chance there. Okay. Judge just saying enough is enough, right? Yeah. What are and you thinking, Pam, about this whole thing? I'm frustrated. I don't disagree that there's a risk. And maybe it's just because I'm a PI. I want to investigate, like, and I, people could say, oh, well, that's not fair to investigate a victim. I was a victim and they investigated me. They subpoenaed my phone records. They, they knew, mm -hmm. they knew everything about me, which I didn't love, but go ahead. It didn't change the fact that the guy had assaulted me. So right. in this case, especially when we saw like the tip of the iceberg, and I do believe it was the tip with, of the iceberg with her posts, we saw a little bit of who this girl is and her behavior. So I uh -huh. really dying. I don't disagree with taking a plea on it. I wanted the chance to be able to really investigate, talk to her friends. I wanted her to feel some heat. Right. Because she just kind of danced away. 
I wanted to be able to say, hey, you can't talk crap about my friend's son. She just danced away. You don't get to do that. There's a consequence. I'm coming after you. I'm going to investigate you. And if you're legit, great. If you're not, then watch out. Like, yeah. Whatever we have to face, we'll face it. I just felt really frustrated that I wasn't allowed to really do that because I believe now and, and then if she had felt some pressure for the first time through the whole damn process, think about, she had no pressure. Everybody like, no, to be able to testify at that time, mind like, mm -hmm. oh, be able to mute it and talk to your attorney about what you're going to say. What a crock of crap. That's not real life, girl. That's not yeah. how testimony works at a hearing and at trial. Yeah. That's not the real world. Yeah. And everyone kept playing like pussyfoot around her. Like, uh -huh. oh, we don't want to offend her. We, yeah, we do. Let's find out what the truth is. So I was frustrated by that. Okay. I think had she felt some pressure, then she would have likely backed off more. And Louis could have gotten a better deal. Or maybe they would have dropped charges. I don't know. Or maybe they would have stayed the same. In my mind, it couldn't have gotten worse. But the defense lawyer had a completely different approach. And I didn't go to law school, so what the hell do I know, right? No, no, no. Mm -mm. No, I, I disagree. Let's not yeah. offend this girl. I'm like, offender? Like, really? She's trying to destroy Louie's life. Yeah. Let's take a chance yeah. on offending her. Like, I don't yeah. care. If she Part of my job, Shelly, was to keep everybody in their corners. Yeah. Right? Oh, my bad. So I've got to hear from Louie when I get home. I've got the husband, right, yeah. who is, who's got his anger and everything that he's trying to deal with and what he wants to have happen, and our older son and how angry he is, and mm -hmm. Pam and what she wants to do. And I'm like, everybody in their corners. Okay. I need a nap. Yeah. I'm going to have a glass of wine at the end of the day. I know. It, I ended up listening to the lawyer and just following the steps. It's a no, long, No, a decision process. had to be made. You couldn't ride no, the fence it, on this. So no. something had to be decided and you have to do what's best for you and your family. Exactly. Exactly. And your gut, your instinct as a mom. So no. Things just kept getting pushed off, pushed off until sure. we finally saw the plea deal in January of 2023. Oh my gosh, That's just a barely. That's a year and a half later. Yeah. And the plea deal was, you know, what we thought it was down to the level two, multiple felonies, level two, wouldn't take jail off the table. But when we saw that, we're still thinking we're going to go to trial, discussing with Louis, you know, the pros and the cons, the information that we got about these other cases from the other lawyers. Then we talked to Pam and Pam had a lawyer friend from out of state that she really was comfortable with that was like, you know, maybe a, a play would be to pull in this out of state person and tie him with a local person and really, really get somebody that the judge would respect. Uh-huh. And play it that way. At the end of the day, Louis decides, you know what, mom? He said, it came down to, it's going to be a jury. It's going to be a he said, she said. Whether it's 50-50, 40-60, even if it's 95-10, who's the most influential person on that jury? If it's a female, she might say, there's no way a girl would make this up and convince everybody to be on her side. Right. Okay. If it's a male, makes sense. yeah. Right. Middle-aged male, he might say, "Oh my gosh, you know what? Lots of people say I don't want to have sex tonight." And then you start kissing them a little bit, and you know what? Every husband in America would be a rapist. 
Yeah. If they tried, you know, if they were accused of rape every time right, they tried right. to. Yes. Life, yes. They really I can tell you right now, though. Well, I'm not even going to go there. I'm so, um, I would not so, be climbing in someone's bunk bed if I was pissed at him. Okay. So, but, but he said, um, even if it's only a 5% chance, you know what? I'm just not willing to risk the rest of my life. And then, then we kind of came up with this thought together. What if, even though the prosecutor is driving this plea deal, sure. okay, you know what the plea is going to be? Then it's going to come down to sentencing. What if we got the girl to participate in sentencing? Oh, and write a letter and or write a letter for mm-hmm. sentencing that says, I don't think this guy should have to be in jail. And I'm the victim here, right? Yeah. I want him to admit his guilt, but I don't think he should have to do jail time. And once he's done his probation, I would support reducing these charges to a misdemeanor. And once they're a misdemeanor, Louis can apply to have it expunged. Right. And I will support that when they come to me and ask me about it. And there is a path to a clean record for an 18-year-old. Right. The downside to that, I mean, it sounds really good up front, but the downside to that is that the state of Utah requires, and it's statutory, you cannot negotiate it in a plea deal, that any level two, level three sexual assault felony requires a 10-year registered sex offender status. Oh, shit. You have to be a registered sex offender for 10 years. If it's a level one, you're a lifetime offender, Right. Right. But if it's level two or level three, even if it's quantity one, you have to do 10 years on that registry. Okay. Which means that you would do your probation, which let's say it's four years and you're really, really good behavior and you get off in two, right? Right. Then the 10 years starts. The 10 years does not start when you accept the plea deal. It starts at the end of your probation or your jail sentence. Okay. Whatever you have. Then you do your 10 years. At the end of your 10 years, then you file the motion to have it reduced to a misdemeanor, then you apply to have it expunged. Okay. So you're looking at 13 or 14 years. How are you gonna get the girl to write that letter when it's her attorney that's pushing for him to have jail time? The prosecutor is the one who wants jail time. Right. Not the girl. Right, the girl I know, is, so. So the how, girl got him out of jail the first time. So my right. thought at this point is she got him out right. the first time. And the judge went with her instead of the prosecutor. Right. But the prosecutor but, is never going to jail time. Right. But how are you going to contact the girl to see if she'll write that letter? She to- has her attorney. Our attorney calls her criminal attorney. Remember? She has oh, her okay. own attorney. Gotcha. So our attorney calls her attorney, which bypasses the prosecutor. Okay, gotcha. Okay, I, I didn't understand that path. Gotcha. Part in here. So when we come up with the idea, and I present it to, I present this idea to our attorney. She doesn't want to completely bypass the prosecutor because you don't want to completely anger this person. Sure. Right. Yeah. So, ask the prosecutor though to ask the girl if they would support all of this, and if and when, if they say yes, we get it in writing. Right. Or we agree to a plea deal. Okay, gotcha. Now we have a plea deal that at the end of the day, the judge gets to decide. The judge does not have to listen to the prosecutor or the other side. I mean, he can do what he wants. Sure. He is bound by these sentencing guidelines and it's a political position, right? You can't be showing favoritism. 
so there's still a risk involved. Louis, if we can get this, do you want to take it to trial and take your chances and put yourself on the stand? Right. And you've got Team Pam behind you. Sure. And players <laughs> that she, right? We can hire people. Yeah. And Pam can help us put together a dream team. Do you want to take that risk? Right. Have a clean record or do we take the plea deal and try to get a letter from the girl that would potentially help you in sentencing? If it doesn't, the risk is that you could do anywhere from up to 365 minus 42 days in jail. Right. That's what you're risking because the judge could put you right. up to that. Yeah, about a school year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is coming down to the wire and then the plea deal is not being presented and it's not, we still don't know what it is and we're waiting, it keeps getting continued and continued and we'd have it like the night before the lawyer saying, I need to know what your answer is going to be by tomorrow. And, you know, Louis sobbing and can't decide. And then the next day it's continued again for another month because the prosecutor couldn't get an approval from his boss for what the plea is that he wants to offer. It goes on January 4th, we finally get our offer and the offer is for the level two felonies and it still includes jail time. And Louis decides to take the deal. Did the girl say she would write the letter? Yep. And she was happy to provide that. And it would be submitted as part of the sentencing report. Because after you do the plea, then there's this two month window where a sentencing investigator then talks to both sides, collects all the information, lays it on top of sentencing guidelines and gives the judge a little mini report Mm -hmm. so that the judge knows how to rule. Right. So everybody kind of gets to weigh in. So that arraignment finally happened on like January 5th of 2023. And he pled guilty. And there was a Zoom going on and people were watching and it was awful and stressful. And the only Shelly that was interesting from that was that the judge said to Louis, you know, when our lawyer tried to say, here's what Louis has been through, like Uh he was expelled, like she wanted to just like, you know, you have somebody who had a education and opportunity and all of this. But she wanted to present to the judge and the judge just stopped her and basically said, nobody cares what you've been through. No, You've now pled guilty. So you have said to the court that you are guilty. So nobody cares about your feelings anymore. We're going to go on to sentencing. And then the judge said, I got all these letters. I got all the information. He just did his, I plead guilty. And there was nothing in there about how he feels. Okay. Then they schedule two months out. It actually went to March 22nd, which Louis was really upset about because He has a full-time job that he's working during this whole thing, which we didn't touch on for this podcast because it's too much. Yeah. But a positive from this was he has an awesome full-time job with an awesome boss. Good. There's a better opportunity than the University of Utah could provide him in business. Good. We learned that the sentencing investigator works for the state of Utah. And their job is to look at sentencing guidelines and provide the judge with a recommendation that fits those guidelines. Okay. Also hire, there's more people to hire, Shelly. You can hire an alternative sentencing investigator that represents your child that does not work for the state of Utah. That's for I had no idea that you could do that. This was new to me. (laughs) 
It's a thing. So we did. And our alternative sentencing investigator gave us some really good suggestions. One right away is you start your sex offender treatment program yesterday because we want to use that. You know, it's going to be a part of, they're always going to have that a part of the sentencing. But it also counts yesterday. And if you started yesterday and this sentencing happens in two months, the judge does not want an interruption in that treatment by having you have to go to jail. So it looks in your favor, one, that you started it ahead of time, and two, it would disrupt that treatment. So go ahead and get that started now. That was good advice. Second piece of advice he had was when he used to work for the state as a sentencing investigator, they used to count the days that you were on an ankle monitor, two to one for jail days. For every two days you were on an ankle monitor, that counted as one jail day. Sure. He was gonna include this stuff in his report. We wouldn't have known to do either of these things. No, no. We hadn't paid this guy. Right. So the reports come in and much to my surprise, the state's report, because they had also investigated and talked to the girl, every report said no jail time. Okay. So we went into sentencing, which happened in March of 2023. Just barely. Yeah. yeah. Knowing that the reports said no jail time, but oh, wondering what... Do not tell me that the judge threw up. What happened then? Tell us. Oh, you have to tune in for the next episode for Yeah, that. whatever. <laughs> I am the episode. So you just keep on talking, girl. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. So family flies in for this and we go into this hearing. This is the hearing where, again, much to my surprise, there's a video monitor and people are on Zoom. So people from Minnesota are watching. People that have not been in touch with me or the family throughout this whole process are logging in to watch this. And it just, you know, I didn't mind when people that were close to me were watching that had been in touch and had been supportive. It's watching an accident. It's a rubbernecking. But when other people, you know, it just, it feels wrong. And this is where the judge said, yeah, nobody cares about what Louis been through. He's already pled guilty. But then the judge does say before he's giving his statement, He says, I read all the letters that the family provided, you know, it submitted 10 letters, character references from his boss, this and that, read the victim's statement, Louis read the victim's statement. And he said, really, the only thing that mattered to my decision was the letter that the mom wrote. (gasps) Did you know the mom was writing a letter? No, me. No, you. Oh, I thought you meant the mom, her mom. I was like, what? Oh, Oh, yours. My, I submitted a letter. Good for you. One of your reference letters. And I had submitted a letter and he said, your letter reminded me the fact that he was 18. He wasn't 25 or 30. This would be different if he was 25 or 30. And specifically in your letter, you referenced his frontal lobe is not fully developed. And it's his parents' job, you know, the family's job to support him, to get him there, to make him an upstanding citizen. And that you fully are supporting him, behind him, whatever, uh-huh. all, of, all of that. But he just referenced that letter and the fact that I had That's amazing. mentioned it. it yeah. I, didn't, I did not present a glowing picture of my child is perfect. And, mm-hmm. you know, he never does anything wrong. Yeah. I said, oh my gosh, <laughs> he's an 18-year-old he's kid who would rather yeah. be with his friends than do anything I ask. Right. But on the flip side, he does as he's asked because he's respectful. Right. And he treats people with respect. Right. And even if he doesn't want to do his list of chores, he does them. 
right. helps out with his grandmothers. And, uh-huh. you know, he was as asked. And at the end of the day, I said, I cannot guarantee this court that this kid won't make a mistake again. Sure. I can only guarantee that he won't make this one. Yeah. It won't be this one. And so the judge said that helped him make his decision. And with that and the girl's input, she didn't feel threatened by him in society. You know, went a year and a half had gone by and they had had no contact with each other. So the judge ruled no jail time, just probation. Oh my gosh. Yay. So now is it 10 years probation? It's probation for four years. But if you behave after two years. Sure. If he has to complete his sex you're offender off, treatment. Yeah, you're program. off for good behavior. We see um, that on TV, have, right? Oh, he has to, yeah, and he has to pay restitution. He has to pay her criminal defense attorney fees. Oh, gosh. Okay. And he has to pay her counseling fees. And he has to do his treatment program. And then, if all goes well, after two years, he can apply to end probation early. And then that would start the 10-year clock gotcha. on the registry. Yes. Does he have to stay in Utah to do all this? At this point, we thought that he would be free to go back and forth to Minnesota. And then we learned when, because all of this went down in March, and I uh-huh. thought he was coming for the 4th of July, and learned that no, 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 doesn't work that way. The probation officer decides if and when he can leave the state and did not okay. allow him to come home to see the family at all during the summer. Wow. Okay. Pam warned me that being on probation is horrible. They can come and question you anytime. They can knock on your door anytime. If there's something else happens in the neighborhood where you live, they can come after you, you know, and question you. Check. Sure. Uh, yeah. She warned me that it was awful and I didn't believe that it could be awful, but I'm telling you now it's awful. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. When they pull a squad car into an apartment complex and get out in bulletproof vests and go and bang on a door. You don't think neighbors wonder what's going on? Sure, yeah. Um, so, I mean, even as great as the result is, it's it's life-changing, life-altering oh, yeah. for, for everyone. And I tell people all the time, criminal work, it, it's it's really a lose-lose deal. Everyone loses. Yeah. The, that girl lost. I don't, she didn't lose much. <laughs> I don't know what she lost. I'm very frustrated at that. But Louie lost a lot. And he's a great kid. They both made some really dumb decisions, whether it was three weeks before that night or in addition to that night. I think it's not the smartest behavior. Mm -hmm. Risky behavior on both of their part. It's stupid behavior. Stupid. Yeah. So... The system doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't work unless, and, and think about if this had happened to a kid whose parents didn't have the wherewithal to put this together like this. Sure. Those kids don't. Right. That's why I get so frustrated at the system. Every case is different and you have to look at it and see like, yeah. what right. makes sense here, what doesn't fit here. These are people. Right. They're, right. Every case is not the same. People are not the same. And I don't blame Louie for one second for choosing to take the deal. I know you don't. So supportive through this whole thing. You're like, either way. I think it would be really scary. Louie had to really say. Pam does not like to see people she loves get hurt. No. Yeah. But I also think it would be really scary if I were the mom or, you know, that was my child. I'd be really worried. Like, I'm leaving it up to jury. Like, 
They may it's not scary. like what he wore then. He may As have sat back and acted like there's not bothering right. him and it's easy. No, I mean, you just don't know. Yeah. As a defense investigator, my nature, I'm chomping at the bit that, like, put me yeah. in, coach. Right. Let me do what I, I need to do here. Right. Yeah, I'm shocked that they didn't let you go and do all the research and then bring it to the table and make it, you know, and the decision yeah. may have ended up being the same. But now yeah. all of a sudden the defense attorney has some power. Like, no, look what's happening over here, dude. You know, you yeah, need to talk, talk to your girl. Power yeah. a bit. It does. Yeah. So yeah. how is Louie today? I will tell you that a week ago Sunday, I got a call from my son. I've moved back to Minnesota. Okay. And he said, Mom, I'm on my way back from the ski hill. I'm like, oh, they're they're open. It was mid-November. He said, Yep. He used his work bonus for a down payment on a new truck. Okay. Uh-huh. He said, I got my skis. I was on the chairlift today. I'm driving my truck. I just had such a great day. And I said, wait a minute, pause for a second. I said, did you really pick up the phone and just call me to tell me that you're happy today? And he was kind of quiet for a second. And he said, yeah, I guess I did. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. I will take those calls anytime, any day. Right. Wow. That's heart-wrenching. What a story. What a crazy story. So here is yet another case where someone is facing a real trial, real stress. And he was only 18 years old. And he, he didn't just survive it. He is thriving. He found joy again. He found happiness. And that's what I want everyone to come away with. No matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, we are all resilient and we can find joy again. I really believe God meant that we would find joy, that we would have joy in our lives. And I totally, totally appreciate that Louie trusted us enough to let you tell the story and you trusted us enough to tell the story. It needed to be told. And I can see why it'd be difficult for people to come forward because if that's like a horrible thing to be accused of a sex crime. So mm-hmm. it's a hard thing to even say, I've been accused. I went through this. That's right. shameful in itself. Mm-hmm. And they get it wrong sometimes. And that's why I wanted to do this episode. So thank you. Right. For I agree. Us. Yeah. And thank you. You just shared it with the world. Yeah. yeah. What what didn't maybe come across in, in this podcast is that even though Pam is a private investigator that never really got to do everything <laughs> she wanted to do on this case, as a, with her history, yeah. as a private investigator and her knowledge of the system, what she was able to do in terms of supporting me through this entire thing, yeah. that is where the real gift was. And yeah. that is why I know right. we were brought together on the pickleball yeah. court. Because I just needed somebody who I felt had our back. and In Utah. And yeah. In Utah. Yeah. This was foreign language in a foreign land for us. And yeah, for sure. yeah. uh, she was able to play that role because of her experience. Huh. And we are so grateful. Oh, yeah. So grateful. And Louis loves me. <laughs> <laughs> Louis such a cool kid. I love Louis. I'm this glad was a hard one. A this result. was a tough this one. This was a really tough one. So thank you all for listening. Thank you for participating, Kathleen, and telling your story. And thank you for listening to Pamela.